eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time. It's time. It's time. It's time for the hard-hitting analysis you won't find anywhere else. Here's former Super Bowl winning scout Brian Broaddus and Bobby Belt. 10-5 victory! Cowboys win! This is Love of the Star. Star. Welcome to the Love of the Star podcast. I am Bobby Belt, Dallas Cowboys insider for 105.3 The Fan of Dallas. That is your radio flagship home of the Dallas Cowboys. Joined, as always, by former Super Bowl winning NFL scout Brian Broaddus. He is now the co-host of the G-Bag Nation, 2 to 7 p.m. Central, Monday through Friday on 105.3 The Fan of Dallas. He's also the pre- and post-game co-host on the Dallas Cowboys radio network. And uh, he is also the co-host of the Draft Show. And it is... Draft week. It is uh, football Christmas or football off-season Christmas. Brian brought us. How excited are you to finally uh, be just days away from the NFL draft now? Man, always excited about the NFL draft. And I want to make sure you get your uh, pop uh, proper. I said popper proper proper introduction. Bobby Belt of 105.3, the fan of the Sean and RJ and Bobby show, five thirty to ten Monday through Friday, and also uh, the Cowboys insider for 105.3, the fan. Also a co-host of the draft show and and the big time here to the love of the star. So yes, Bobby, I'm very excited. I've been doing this since 1992. Uh, I was a part of a draft in 1992 that actually went 12 rounds. That was the last time that we had that soiree into into a 12-round draft, and it was a, a lot of fun. Uh, it was very exhausting, but, you know, I've kind of looked at things. I think the haze in the barn right now, we're starting to see boards put up. I know from a lot of media scouts, rankings are going up. I'm excited to put mine up on 105.3 The Fan. You know, I mean, hey, I did the work. You might as well see what I see. And if you like it, great. If you don't, I challenge you to do the same. So, uh, but uh, yeah, looking forward to it, Bobby. I mean, the, the thing about with the Cowboys talking today at this press conference. Yep. And one of the most, I think one of the most important things that Stephen Jones said, but there's a lot of things. I think there's other things we need to get to, but I'm going to focus on this one real quick. The mm-hmm. thing that Stephen Jones said about really not knowing where the direction is going to happen or what's going to happen until the draft actually starts. You know, you don't know if you're going to go up. You don't know if you're going to go back. 
You don't know if you're going to stay until those picks start coming off the board. And then once those players one by one get eliminated off your stack, that tells you to go draft CeeDee Lamb. That's the things that you do. That tells you to go draft Zach Martin, you know? So I think the Cowboys at 26, this is a, a position they're very familiar with. They've got a division opponent ahead of them, so they could kind of get an idea what they're what they're doing as well. You know, Philadelphia will be down there too at the bottom once they get past pen, uh, pick 10. So you're going to have everybody with the exception, really, like I say, the commanders are like in the middle of that board, but you're going to be able to find out what your – division opponents are going to be doing around you uh, this uh, this uh, coming weekend. Yeah, and I think it's a, a good point to bring up that, you know, Stephen talked about, hey, you don't re- really know what you're going to do until, you know, picks start coming off the board. But one thing that was interesting was the fact that uh, Jerry Jones seemed really eager to tell everybody, hey, we How don't know. Open the press conference? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we don't know what we're going to do until the yeah. picks start flying off the board. But it almost sounded like Jerry was saying, we're going somewhere. I don't know which direction yeah. we're going. I don't know if we're going up or we're going down, but we are going somewhere because he was all too eager to go ahead and volunteer in this one that he his mind is on a trade. David Moore from the Dallas Morning News asked a question to lead things off, and Jerry actually said, hey, before we answer that, let me tell you, I'm thinking about trades right now. Now, yeah. and I'm curious, is that Jerry just being his normal forthcoming self, or is that Jerry trying to, to maybe stir some things up and create some doubt? I think Jerry is looking for a player. And I think that and and he used the word warts. And so if you're a Cowboy fan out there and you're thinking, okay, what are the players that potentially have warts? And I mean warts, it, you know, it, it's not always uh, it's not always like the 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 character issue guys and stuff sure. like that. I mean, maybe with what we've seen with Carter. But what about a Peter Skaronsky, you know, that has short arms? Is that a wart? You know, you got to think about it as a big picture way of like what players are ahead of Dallas or Dallas looking at and that, you know, in the top, they said they have what between 15 and 18 names on their board. I think they're probably on the high end of that, Uh, you know, maybe, you know, maybe in that 17 to 18 range. So, you know, what players are potentially could fall to them that they would be comfortable with maybe going up for or sitting there and just waiting to see if that particular player comes to them at 26. I think a thing they have to be really mindful of, Bobby, and this is something I did as a pro personnel director there, is that you have to know exactly what the teams ahead of you and the teams behind you are looking at. And you've got some super aggressive teams if you're the Cowboys. And I think the Cowboys are being really careful not to telegraph a pick. We've seen them, you know, everybody's put guards there. People have put uh, put tight ends there. They've put running backs there. They've put linebackers there. I mean, that's the big unknown right now. But if you're sitting on a particular player, and I think the Cowboys have done a really good job of not really letting anybody know what direction that they're going to go because that behind you, you got to worry about the Saints going up. you got to worry about the Eagles potentially going up. You know, you got to worry about the Kansas City Chiefs going up, especially if it's a player that you kind of covet. You know, I would you be surprised if Philadelphia doesn't take if Philadelphia doesn't take the runner at ten, but waits to see it get down if it gets into range if Bijan Robinson gets into range and makes a small move up 
and grabs Bijan Robinson because I think Bijan Robinson is a guy the Cowboys would absolutely take if he was on the board. Yeah, I, absolutely. So I, you, 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 now you have to worry about is there a team behind you that sees a Bijan Robinson close enough to where they didn't think they were going to get him. Now he's close enough to where you make a small move. That's where I think the Cowboys have to be very mindful because somebody could trade ahead of you. Well, you and I, we could be we could be on the clock or get ready to go on the clock. And the next thing you know, it's like, all right, Dallas is about to be on the clock. Oh, my, this pick just went to New Orleans. Oh, my, this pick just went to Kansas City. Oh, my, this pick just went to Philadelphia. You know, they're trading ahead of you. Are they going to grab the, Are they going to grab the last tight end? Are they going to grab the uh, or the potentially the last first round tight end? Are they going to grab? Uh, are they going to grab the runner? You know, is uh, oh, is a corner when these corners sliding? We talked about with Porter. That's a, you know Peter King and mock draft. He put Porter to the Cowboys. You and I talked about it on our show that we did uh, on Sunday about you know wow Porter got to us. How that happened? Gosh, you got to turn that card in, don't you? So, yeah, yeah. the Cowboys have got to be alert for a lot of things. Yeah, it's real easy to stand there and make that pick, but it's also really easy to say, okay, do we want to flip a, a pick and try and go up a little bit and make sure we get the guy we want? You know, that's where I think if teams behind them are going to be aggressive, you got to also feel like that you probably need to be a little bit more aggressive if somebody's sliding down the board that Jerry Jones talking about that has a few warts on him. Yeah, look, and he talked about, uh, you know, their trade value points and collecting more points. And so the question then becomes, all right, you could mean a couple different things there. You could mean let's go collect more points by going back and picking up extra capital. You could mean let's go pick up more points by having a higher value point in the first round and go up a little bit in a draft that everybody seems to agree, just like last year, is not very top heavy. I think it's a little better than last year. Um, and then Stephen Jones said today they would have 15 to 17, maybe 18 first round grades. Yeah. Um, and so that, that's better than last year where I think they had 14. Yeah. Um, I think when he, when he showed the board by accident, I think he had 15 names. Didn't he, so when he showed close. the board? Yeah. 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 And so it, it'll be, it, it'll be interesting there, but when you talk about warts, I'm going to run through some player names for you, Brian. And, and these are guys that I think largely you wouldn't expect wouldn't necessarily slide into Dallas's range. But they've got warts. Like, okay, yeah. it's a short-arm guy. And it's, it, well, it's, four, yeah. it's four different types of warts for you, okay? Go ahead. All right, go. Four players, four different types of warts. Let's go with the first one. Jackson Smith and Jigba, his warts, obviously, the injury history. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Is that a guy that if he started sliding down, you think they go, hmm, that's a more talented player than – we should like like that's not a player we should just let slip by. If he gets into the late teens, would you say, well, we can't let the Giants get him or go up and get? It. We like this guy. Let's go up and get him and take the the warts that come with him, which are the injuries. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right about that, man. And I, how about this? How about just receiver in general? I mean, it, you know, what it, we we don't know. Like I said, I the what are, what's the warts? You know, what's the warts of our USC guy? That the lack of the lack of bulk size size, size. and and size. testing the testing yeah. was not great yeah see I don't I don't see and and maybe you're hearing different than me Bobby I don't see Quentin Johnston as a guy I mean they talked about TCU they talked to TCU but I just you, you keep hearing a little bit of this a little bit maybe Quentin Johnston wouldn't be the twenty six you know. 
maybe we, you know. So, you know, with the, with the whole thing with Smith and Jigba, I, I think you're absolutely right about that. You know, I, I think that when you when you really really start to break these things down, you know, is that is that the thing? You know, with Addison, Smith, and Jigba. You know, where where are we? Like I say, one lacks one lacks bulk. Addison at 173 pounds, and then you mentioned Smith and Jigba, who might have some a little bit of injury history to him. And then uh, the next uh, player with some warts, the second of the four. B. John Robinson, which his warts are just flat out his positional value. Uh, positional value, right, right. And the Cowboys right. talked about this today, that they they essentially acknowledged Zeke at four is an overpay in this day and age, in this NFL, and that they don't necessarily – they wouldn't necessarily want to take somebody that high. But if you look at the talent and the point where they start sliding to a certain point, the Cowboys go, well, now this is just ridiculous value and we need to go there. I still don't think they would trade up for Bijan Robinson. I think they'd kind of let things fall. Yeah, I do um, too. Could could that be one of the guys that they're referencing, or one of the types of warts they're referencing? Yeah, okay. And I, I put Dave Brewer's top uh, uh, three hundred next to mine, and so I'm looking at like where he had guys. And on my board, I got Bijan Robinson as the third best player. On Dave mm-hmm. Brugler's board, he's the sixth best player. Okay, so. Now, all of a sudden, we're getting down to 26. I am sure there is a lot. And this is where this is where I worry. This is where I worry because I think if he gets down to 26 or near 26, I worry about somebody jumping the Cowboys. Like, you could sweat this thing the whole time and go, oh, you've walked the minefields. You've got through the – you've got through all the teams – and now he's down in that range where it's at 22, 23, 24, somewhere right around there. And all of a sudden, you know, maybe the Giants, maybe the Giants are the team that gives up, you know, ahead of the cap. You know, the Giants don't have any need for a running back. Maybe they feel like they could get the wide receiver if they move back two or three spots and, you know, and, and pick something up. So I would worry if you're a Cowboy fan and you think you're going to get B. John Robinson – I would worry about maybe one of those teams, you know, maybe another team coming up because they see the value at at 26 or 25 to get a player that's probably the third or the sixth or maybe the eighth best player on their board. The other name, and I'm going to preface this with a little bit of a, a news nugget from uh, today when we record this here on Monday. Um, I think all along we've all agreed – uh, for the most part, that we believe Peter Skaronsky will be the first offensive lineman off the board. It has been the general thought, regardless of if you thought he was a guard or a tackler or whatever else. Man, well, uh, Paris Johnson, right? Uh, well, I was about to say, the betting odds flipped on Monday to the number three overall pick, the favorite yeah. for the Cardinals to take is offensive lineman. And then the reports came out Monday from uh, Mike Garofolo that Kyler Murray has told the Cardinals he loves Paris Johnson and would be a big fan of of him being picked by the Cardinals in the first round. So if Paris Johnson goes first, and and this offensive line class isn't viewed exactly the way we think, does that mean that potentially you've got a player like Peter Skaronsky with his lack of length sliding down the board a little bit into a range where the Cowboys would say, that's a guy we need to go up and get even with his wards? Yeah, that's the short arms. That that's that's the absolute. To me, there's a couple of guys like Skaronsky, Carter. I mean, if if you get to a point where it's it's a doable thing where you get them into that 18, 19, 20 range, 
you, yeah, you got to think about maybe what's it going to take? What's it going to take? You know, you go up there, you get Peter Skaronsky, you fix, you fix the left guard spot. You, yep. you know, you've, you've absolutely fixed the left guard spot. So, yeah, I, I think on to something because, again, I'm only taking what Jerry's saying. I don't think warts are all about uh, off-the-field stuff. I think the warts have something to do with physical limitations or body types. I, I just think that's that's where I think that's where the Cowboys are at. The reason they would go up is for one of those types of guys that you just mentioned. And when you you know we we talked about all these other different types of warts here. You had uh, position, you had injuries, you had uh, measurables. The only other wart left to talk about, obviously, is off the field. And who uh, personifies that more than Jalen Carter, the defensive tackle from Georgia? If Jalen Carter gets to 10, 11, 12, is that the type of player the Cowboys could say, eh, you know what, this is a, a guy who should have gone in the top three. We need to go up there. Yeah, I think that would be a super aggressive move if, you know, because, again, we Jalen Carter visited every team in the top 10, I believe. I think he made mm-hmm. every – and I, I told uh, – I know I don't know if you were on the draft show with us, but maybe we talked about this. I'm sorry. I'm, you know, you and I are on so many platforms doing other things. <laughs> But the thing about Jalen Carter, if I was a team that was in the top 10, I would have absolutely had my security team in Athens, Georgia, trying to figure things out. I would have been there for a week. I'd been talking to people. I would have been trailing him. I would have got every little bit of information you can. Now, maybe the kid's not in Athens, Georgia anymore, but I would have, I would have figured out. I, I would have had my team down there, and, and I, would have, I would have turned over every rock and tried to figure this thing out because, you know, I don't see him getting out of the top 10, but if he does, I think if you're a team, you have to be ready. If you're the Cowboys, maybe you do call up there 11, 12, 13. Now, now the Packers now hold, you know, pick 13, you know, so maybe you're in a situation where, uh, you know, you try and trade that off. And if, if Jalen Carter's there, you, you make a run at it, but I think you have to be ready uh, for all those, uh, all those different scenarios. You are listening to the Love of the Star podcast. The Love of the Star is an Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast 
Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. All right, before we go any further, I need to remind you guys about our wonderful partner here at Love the Star, Boomer Jacks. Brian and I are so happy to partner with Boomer Jacks. They have just been a great teammate of ours here at Love the Star, and they want to hook you guys up, specifically on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. They have half-price bone-in wings on Tuesdays, half-price boneless wings on Wednesdays, but they've got great deals for you guys every other day of the week as well. Drink special starting at $3, $15 buckets of beer. It's just a wonderful atmosphere Wonderful food, great times, great vibes. You can find it all at Boomer Jacks. If you're looking for a spot to do happy hour with your coworkers, go to Boomer Jacks. If you're looking for dinner with family, go to Boomer Jacks. If you're looking for somewhere to just watch the game with your buddies, go to Boomer Jacks. There are 17 DFW locations. You can find yours by going to boomerjacks.com. That's boomerjacks.com. All right, Brian. Uh, so it is draft week. We are getting closer. We, we just sat here discussing uh, a lot of the things that Stephen, Jerry, and Mike McCarthy discussed uh, at their press conference on Monday ahead of the draft. A lot of teams spoke on Monday, actually, with local media uh, and, and gave some insight into where things are going. So uh, as, did, as we head did, into this week... Did most, team, did most teams lead their drafts talking about trading? Is that... <laughs> I, know I, we just did a so. whole, I know we just did a whole segment about but that's Jerry Jones, but... But go ahead there. I'm sorry. It's just a yeah. I, I, I don't. He, I don't think he immediately that, opened about trading. And he, yeah, and I don't. Word, you know, yeah. So we'll see. I don't think that was at all what uh, other teams led. In fact, other teams were trying to to lead with, ah, we're not trading anybody. Like San Francisco trying to tell you, we're not trading Trey Lance and Tennessee saying we haven't gotten any calls on Derrick Henry. What are you talking about? So they're all doing the opposite. They're trying to say we're not looking to trade. And and Jerry's going, oh yeah, come on, let, let's go. Um, but with these other teams talking and, and, you know, us starting to get a sense of things like, oh, maybe Paris Johnson could go third, uh, yeah. maybe there isn't a quarterback taken at number two. And if there is one, maybe it is Will Levis as the second quarterback off the board. Peter King uh, saying on Monday that C.J. Stroud could fall out of the top seven. Uh, which See, would, that's a, it's that S2 thing, man. I think – I th- but here's the thing. I think that is – I think there's there's a little – I think this is lying season with C.J. Stroud. Not, okay, I yeah, I don't I don't disagree test, with you, but that he's yeah. I think the the free fall chatter that's all been stirred. I think that's teams trying to get him to slide. I don't think he's falling that far. Well, okay, let, let's be honest. There's 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 a reason that you know. Okay, at Houston at two, Houston mm-hmm. at two. Okay, they're they're and I've talked to people around the league about this. They're a big S two team. You know, they, yeah. this is why we're not hearing quarterback at Houston at two. They're a big S2 team and they're sitting there looking at it and, you know, they're kind of thinking, well, you know, do we really want to take a quarterback? And and you're right. Stroud's score was not in the right percentile. There's okay. Why is Houston so big S2? 
They're big as two because they got a new coach from San Francisco, the coordinators from San Francisco. They believe in that test. Now, we'll see if, you know, if the general manager is going to allow the coaches to run this draft. And, you know, well, hey, we really don't like Stroud because the, the, he's not in the right percentile for us, you know, yep. where, you know, you should, you, you should hand that card in and go, you know, just hand it in and go, you know, but they're not, they, they really do believe in that test. And there's might be some teams, other teams up there that, that are the same way. That's why you're hearing names like Richardson and Levis and people like that, you know, Le, I mean, Richardson scored right on the, the cusp of that 80 percentile where Levis was well inside of that number. Yeah. Uh, Bryce Young was well inside of that number, the highest of the numbers. So, yeah, I mean, you know, you're, you're talking about guys like Hendon Hooker, the Hendon Hooker, the Hendon Hooker uh, hype has kind of quieted down a little bit. Now we'll see, but him and Stroud kind of finished in the same the same group in that percentile, and those teams that really believe in it, maybe they're maybe they're now kind of saying, "Hmm, well, we believe in it so much, we're gonna we're gonna pass on these guys." Yeah, and I, I, not to say that there aren't two or even three quarterbacks that could go ahead of CJ Stroud. That's not what I mean by. I just think the the chatter of this idea that Stroud could just completely free fall out of the top seven. I, I don't, I don't think he is. I, but I, yeah. I, I could get old takes exposed here, but I think I, I, I would find it highly unlikely that Stroud falls out of the top five. Somebody will come get him because he's just the, the, the tape is, is really, really good. The, the ability. Yeah, the, ulti- is incredible. Yeah. the ultimate resume, the ultimate resume was that Ohio state Georgia game. I mean, if you really, oh, Georgia has got every one of those players on that field was like a, it's either going to be drafted or is an all American. And that kid lit them up, mm-hmm. you know? And if, so if you, you know, if you want to, you, you know, just seriously watch the tape. I mean, I get it. S2 test, great, whatever. It's predictable or uh, helps you with this and that. I get it. It's part of the process. But if Nick Cesario and those guys down in Houston just pass, because of that S two test, and 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 Stroud goes on to shine like he did against uh, against Georgia, man. It, it, I mean, Nick Cicero is not going to be there anymore playing, uh, being general manager if that's the case, and and the new head coach might not be there either if they make decisions like that going forward. So as we uh, look at, at at this draft, as we head into this week, before we dive into Bleacher Report, there there are worst case scenarios for the Cowboys that we can. Uh, I'm curious, where do you think that there's usually one or two pivot points where it's like, hey, at this pick, depending what happens here, things might turn for the Cowboys. Like things could really go ugly. Like, man, this could be a domino that pushes them down. Um, Or it could be, hey, if you get a player past this point or if you get past, you know, this section here and there's still X amount of corners on the board or whatever else you should feel good about it. So is there a point in this draft where you look at and say, I really want to know what the board looks like when we come out of this section of teams or whatever that, that once we clear there, I think we're going to have a better idea. Cause like Steven said, you don't know what you're going to do until players start coming off the board. So where is, where do you think we're going to start getting a sense of, all right, the the Cowboys are going to be looking to move up or back. Is it going to be after the top 10? Are we going to have an idea of this? Once it gets closer to 20, what do, what do you think that point is? I kind of feel like that where the Cowboys need to focus on this draft now 
is at is at pick eighteen with Detroit. I think that I think you also have to look at. I don't. Th- I think Detroit would be interested in moving. I think that that would be a team that I would keep an eye on to try and add more picks. I I would also keep an eye at, on John Snyder at at Seattle at twenty is another team that would be if you know if you want to make just kind of a small a small like I know it's a six spot move, but John Snyder is one of those guys that's always willing to kind of back up and get some more picks in a draft. But I think the two I think the two points I think the two points are are because what's happening is. You got these teams. You got at 12, you've got Houston, 13 now Green Bay, 14 New England, and then the Jets on the clock at 15. Now, those teams have all kind of switched. Well, Houston has been consistent now with Green Bay and the and the Jets switching spots. You know, now the players look different. And, you know, it's like, whoa, wait, Broadus, it's it's only two spots. Yeah, but but they just put the the Green Bay just got themselves in a position. To maybe take the best receiver now instead of having to wait, you know, and, and to maybe, and, you know, you don't know what New England's going to do. I mean, New England might, you know, New England might be looking to take some skill to try and help. I mean, they're, hell, they're talking about taking the damn running back. So yep. if, Houston, if Houston doesn't take a receiver at 12, then you might be in a position to grab the first receiver and then go from that point on. But I'm going to focus on that draft at 18. And then also at twenty are the two spots that I'm kind of looking at. I, I, I'd be interested if Jason Light would move at nineteen mm-hmm. uh, you know, to try and uh, to try and kind of retool his team because you know you're kind of in that mode right now where you know he's going to have to play. Uh, you know he's going to have to play. He's a little bit at no in no man's land because he's he might be inside his window with names still on his board in the first round. But if he backs up, he's probably thinking, well, maybe I'll get the same player if I back up in this sure. draft. So they're, they're, you're, you're right there in no man's land, really. And that's why I always say this, 18, 19, 20. Those are the three spots where the last player on a, on a team's board in the first round could be there. And if not, you're just kind of backing out of there. And that's why I think teams back out in those spots because they don't have a, they don't have a first-round guy. They just don't, and that's why I think Seattle would be one of those teams that I would look at. So as we uh, pivot over now to some scenarios that could face the Cowboys at 26 that Bleacher Report says would be just worst-case scenarios for Dallas for one reason or another. This was written by Alex Ballantyne, uh, and here are their three. I'll, I'll kick you off with the first one, Brian, and you tell me if you feel like this would be a bad scenario. Maybe not worst case, but if it would be a bad one or – if you think it, it's, it would be oversold as a worst-case scenario. Number one would be taking Jameer Gibbs, the Alabama running back, at number 26. Is that a worst-case scenario for you? I don't know if it's a worst-case scenario, Bobby, because he's the 16th best player on my board. I've got two running backs in the top 16, one at three, one at 16. And it's not because of old-school, crusty. I just believe there's some value in these guys. I do believe it's important to be able to hand the ball off, to get tough yards, to be able to control games, to throw the football to these guys, to work screen games, to work at most wide receivers, you know, whatever you have to do to get them going. You know, I, 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 I don't think that's a worst case. And that wouldn't be for me, 
But I, I think there's people out there would say, oh, damn, it, it has to be with the position. Any other draft, any other era of, of drafting than what we've dealt with the last two, three, four years about yeah. running backs, these guys would absolutely go. These guys would be gone. It wouldn't be a question. They'd be gone at they'd be gone at, at six. They'd be gone at twelve. Hell, I was part of a draft where like backs were going, you know, John, uh, John Gruden at you know, t- Tampa, C- Cadillac Williams and and uh you know Ronnie like, Brown. Ronnie, Ronnie Brown. I mean, like in the top, you know, the top seven of a draft, yeah. you know. So any other draft, I kind of feel like that this would be the case, but not this one. But I, I I don't think that's a that player fits a big time, I mean a big time w- role for what you could do. Hand him the ball, run, uh, let him be a runner, throw him the football, blitz pickup stuff. This is one of those guys that doesn't come off the field. Yeah, and the, their biggest complaint with it, I guess, is just they say uh, that they feel like there's too much overlap between Gibbs and Pollard as players. There's there's sure. Their styles uh, and that there isn't yeah, any but, kind of play the thunder role to Tony Pollard's lightning. But even still, Gibbs is a talented player. My issues with Gibbs are going to be more about I just I I thought on Pollard's tape you could see instances of him being able to run between the tackles. I don't know that I consistently see you, that with you, you're not, and that's a difference. And Bijan Robinson, you've I've had this discussion. Bijan Robinson makes three guys miss. And maybe Gibbs makes one miss, but I mean, yeah. they, but you, but there's so many when he's making people miss, he's finishing, he's you know he's getting up the field, he can get to the edge, he's explosive, you know. I mean, he's tough enough. I I don't like I said, I I don't have a problem with Gibbs. I wouldn't consider there are far worse con- uh, uh, situations that okay. If you told me, if you told me, I was wiped out. And I had to take Lucas Van Ness, then I would say, oh, that's that's a wipeout for me. But you know what? To teams, that might not be. I've never this guy's a top 10 player. Everybody's talking about him top 10. I could be way, way, way wrong about him. And I'll and I'll wear it if I am. But I mean, I see a good player. I don't see a top 10 player. And if they took him at 26, I'd understand. But you know, I mean, he's, you know, I have him at 41 on my board. So I there's I would love you know I'd love McDonald from Iowa State before I would love Lucas Van Ness you know that would be a wipeout situation for me. Next worst case scenario, the second of three from Bleacher Report, passing on Michael Mayer if he's there. And Brian, I've already made it pretty clear. Uh, I think Michael Mayer is a really good player. I just to yeah. me it's the same to me as saying a box safety is a really good player. Um, or a mid-range shooter in the NBA is a really good player. That's they're they're good at what they do. They they don't have flaws, but the way they're limited, I don't know if it translates to the modern NFL. And I, I mean, I think we we did a study this morning on Sean and RJ, just looking at all the receivers over or the tight ends over the last decade who have had a thousand yard receiving season. Yeah. Uh-huh. The slowest forty time was Rob Gronkowski at four six eight. The slowest 10-yard split of the group was Zach Ertz at 164. Michael Mayer had times slower than both of those. In fact, Michael Mayer's 10-yard split was the worst of any tight end at the Combine. I don't see a guy that can stretch the seam, so I'm sure he'd be fine. He would not be a bust here. I don't feel like he's got a lot of bust potential. I just don't think there's a lot of 
room for for growth and a lot of a lot of room to be that much different than Dalton Schultz. Uh, but would passing on Michael Mayer be a worst case scenario for you? You know what? I I feel like Bill. He's the 18th best player on my board, and I I you know what I. I just watched the tape and I understand numbers and, you know, and, and 10 yard splits. And trust me, I, I spent my whole life dealing with combine numbers and pro day numbers and, you know, quickness and all this. I, I think everybody does a great job that, you know, studies these numbers and stuff like that. I just see a player that's super productive catching the football. I see a guy that when, you know, when you run the ball behind him, you, you know, you could see some blocks, you know, he's, he's a, he's a bigger guy. He's a soft-handed guy. He's good in the red zone. He's good on the crossing routes. I think there's things you could do with Michael Mayer that that are that are that are better than, and maybe that's the warts. Maybe again, that's the warts that Jerry's talking about. Everything that you just mentioned, you know, that he's not this, he's not that, he's not this, he's not that. Maybe that's the warts we're talking about for a player, and they're okay with that. But you know, the more whispers you hear. You know, and I, I said it on the radio today. If Michael Mayer's gone and that pushes Dalton Kincaid to them, I don't think they would have a problem taking Dalton Kincaid. I, I mean, oh, they, I, I think they, I think they like Dalton Kincaid a lot. Oh, I, absolutely, they do. So if Michael Mayer somehow ends up at the Commanders or someplace like that ahead of you, in on one of these, uh, you know. It you know in their room they're probably going to go well this this opens up the opportunity now okay it, depending on it you know mayor's gone there's the scenario I'm talking about if all of a sudden Dalton Kincaid is coming down the board to you and one of these teams is looking to trade back ahead of you knowing that you're going to grab Dalton Kincaid then you you got to be ready you have to be ready for okay well you know Giants just Giants just sold their pick. Who's going up for? They're going to get this guy. If it's Kincaid, you got to be ready on the board or on your or your on your board or your stack to have somebody. If if Dalton Kincaid was the guy you were holding on, uh, really quickly before we go over the last scenario and then move on to the mailbag, uh, you just made a mention of like you know people say he isn't this, he isn't that, but he is this and this and this. For you, when you were scouting, or, or which do you think is more important? I understand both are part of the process, but which is more important to evaluate? Do you think what a player is or what he isn't? I always think it what I, I think to me what it is. I, I I hate when they kill these kids when it comes to you know we, everybody's trying to like say what's wrong with them. You know, I I try to be more of a positive guy about you know the the whole thing with the size, like you know, with these quarterbacks or these wide receivers. I, mm-hmm. I'm trying not. To, I'm not trying to be like, well, he's this, and he's that, and he's this, and he's that. I, I just, I focus on when I watch that tape, and I watch the guy catch a ball, and people are bouncing off him, and he finds a way to score a touchdown. You know, that's 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 kind of why, to me, you know, when I watch this film, I'm like, but man, wait a minute, you're telling me all these numbers, but he's not, he's not doing, and he's not doing anything. Or mm-hmm. you're telling me all. Let, let's be honest, and I, I'm I, and I don't think I'm wrong about this. I need to probably look it up before I say it. Say it, but I, may, I keep mentioning Lucas Van Ness. He bent 17 times, I think, in 225. I think I'm right about that. You I know? think so. So now all of a sudden, you know, are you telling me the guy? Well, he plays strong. Well, he's not strong. He's not weight room strong. You know, 17. so yeah. So that that's what I'm saying. Like there's wide receivers, defensive backs, running backs 
that bench more than this guy, you know, more yeah. strength than this guy. So you're, yeah. you want to kill me. You want to kill me by saying, well, he can't do this. Can't do. I try and focus on the most important. I haven't ever brought up. I have not brought up until now the Van Ness stuff because I'm like, I don't see, I don't see a really powerful guy, but that's, but I try and focus on, like I say, hey, there are things when he gets in the and he, he finishes and does a good job with it, gets near the quarterback and stuff like that. But I, I, I tend uh, to focus on the good side of things. Just uh, like 15, 20 seconds on this last one here. Uh, yeah. Sorry about that. I went no, no, dude, no, you're right. I asked to follow up. Uh, worst case scenario, the final one for them, they say taking Drew Sanders at 26. I honestly – don't know that two and three passing on mayor or taking Sanders at 26 would be things I would consider worst case scenarios. Uh, but for you, is there any scenario for you where taking Drew Sanders at 26 is the right pick? Well, I, I've got him as my 28th best player. So I got him. So right probably there. not. Yeah. Probably not. No problem. No. Ah, oh, that, that, that's a killer, Brian. All right. You are listening to the, <laughs> Love of the Star podcast, the Love of the Stars and Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right. But- okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Before we go any further, I need to remind you guys about our wonderful partner here at Love the Star, Boomer Jacks. Brian and I are so happy to partner with Boomer Jacks. They have just been a great teammate of ours here at Love the Star. And they want to hook you guys up specifically on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. They have half-price bone-in wings on Tuesdays, half-price boneless wings on Wednesdays, but they've got great deals for you guys every other day of the week as well. Drink special starting at $3, $15 buckets of beer. It's just a wonderful atmosphere, wonderful food, great times, great vibes. You can find it all at Boomer Jacks. If you're looking for a spot to do happy hour with your coworkers, go to Boomer Jacks. If you're looking for dinner with the family, go to Boomer Jacks. If you're looking for somewhere to just watch the game with your buddies, Go to Boomer Jacks. There are 17 DFW locations. You can find yours by going to boomerjacks.com. That's boomerjacks.com. All right, Brian, it is now time for our Dean Julia Love of the Star mailbag. It's where we turn things over to our dear, sweet listeners uh, for their take and for their questions. Let them kind of control the conversation a little bit. Uh, First question here from Tim. If you eliminate guard, running back, and tight end all together at 26, what pick do you think is likely, and what pick do you think makes the most sense? So, guard, no running guard, back, tight end, defensive end. I mean, the specific name. I think they. I think they'll look at the Iowa State kid, Will McDonald. Think, that's the, that's we'll, the name I thought of looking at the question. I think if you get completely Todd Archer, Todd Archer. I, I know that he and I were talking. Todd Archer of ESPN. Todd Archer and I were talking about a, a, a scenario where, again, the wiped out situation. And if you lost all your guys, if Wright and everybody you know, was off the board, who would you take? And I'm thinking, I, 
I really do. I, I I don't have a problem with Drew Sanders, but you know maybe they they might they might take that defensive end McDonald before before they take Drew Sanders. Sure. You know, and so to me, I, I'm I'm thinking that's got to that's got to be the route that they go. They, yeah, I think if, you they, eliminate, I think, if you eliminate all those options, I would think. McDonald makes the most sense. Maybe if one of those corners gets pushed down to you at that point. I, I was the next thing was I was going to say would be a corner. Would, would you be willing to take uh, Forbes? You know, I mean, again, a hundred and he plays at a hundred, probably one hundred seventy three, hundred seventy four pounds. You know, but he's a damn good player. But to me, the fact that if they get stuck, I think they're going to lean on Dan Quinn. I think they're going to lean on Dan Quinn on that McDonald pick because I know he went to. Uh, you know, he went to Ames, Iowa, and was part of that. But he also went to, he also went to Iowa City and did all those players too, all those defensive players as well. All right, next question here uh, from at good Titanic question, by the way. Gambler. Yeah, it is at Titanic Gambler asking, uh, what player will shock people by going in the first round? What player will shock people by falling out of the first round? So obviously, these are just kind of you know guesses based off of maybe chatter or, or our own evaluation of how the league looks at things. But do you have any names that you think could surprise by going in the first round or one that could surprise by falling or, and one that could surprise by falling out? I think the one that could fall out might be miles Murphy is the one. I mean, you're starting really? to all the well, way out. I'm just saying though, to me, it seems like, and I don't know, this is might be media scout driven. Mm-hmm. This might be, but you're starting to hear people talk about, Miles Murphy coming down the board, and I, 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 like I'm saying, I'm I'm basing that on, like I say, I haven't been like you. I mean, I know when the, when they put this thing to bed, I'll have the opportunity to visit with some scouts and talk about kind of where some guys, maybe not Cowboy scouts, but scouts around the league where some of these guys might go. But I'd be interested to see. Okay, well, how about one of these wide receivers? Then we always mention Quentin Johnston. How about him falling out? How about Jordan Addison falling out? You know, do you see one of those wide receivers? Because I, I think that I don't know if anybody has the same list of wide receivers. I, I don't. The top three or four, it could be Hyatt could be in there. Johnston could be up in there. Uh, you know, I, you, you, Smith and Jigba I think is the most consistent up there. But maybe somebody doesn't like Jordan Addison because he's 173 pounds. So I don't know. The receivers seem to me be very much kind of a shaky group when it comes to guys that that might that might be hanging out in there, uh, you know. With that, but um, a guy that I kind of feel like that might go up. I wonder if somebody uh, people are going to kill me because this is an LSU guy. Ojolari. Yeah, Ojolari is really good. I think Ojolari should be a guy that goes in the first round. See, that's what I'm saying. I, I kind of, I've got Ojolari as my 29th best player, which puts him in the first round for, well, it puts him in the round, the round one, but mm-hmm. I have, but he's, but he, but he's, I have 20 players with first round grades. So could he go in the first round? Sure. But I kind of feel like that maybe he might, he might go a lot higher than where I have him. Him, Nolan Smith. I mean, Dane. Dane. If Dane's got Nolan Smith as the eleventh best player on his board, so mm. he, see, he's got he's got Van Ness and Nolan Smith like back to back, ten and eleven. So, you know that that that's that's pretty strong work right there. 
pretty strong. Uh, if, if you're talking about somebody who could surprise falling out, um, I, I still just I, I'm, I'm not convinced he very well could. And I know all the chatter for months has been that there's really not been anybody having him fall out of the first. But I'm going to need to to see it to believe it to see that teams are going to want to draft a 166 pound corner in the first round. I know. I mean, oh, I, I, I know you're right. How you like him. Yeah. yeah. I just know the, the way this league has approached guys with like historic size issues that they've never seen before. They're, yeah. They typically get a little scared of them. So I just could see Emmanuel Forbes sliding out of the first round. Not that he will, but I think he could. And then a guy who doesn't seem to be getting projected in the first round at all that I still think could slide in there and I think would be well worth it is Luke Musgrave, the tight end of the state. See, nope, I've, has him going in the first, and I think yeah. he should be. Yeah, see, Luke Musgrave I got at 31, and Dane has him at 29. So – I mean, he's right there on the cusp of that. I mean, if you look at 29, 30, 31, 32 for me, here are the names. Ojalari, mm -hmm. Osiris Torrance, Luke Musgrave at 31, Emmanuel Forbes at 32, and then Kalijah Cansey uh, uh, at 33. That's kind of – that's – yeah. That's Lance Zerline from NFL.com has Musgrave 13th. Yeah, 13th on the on the on his board? On the board, overall. Yeah. I tell you, there's so that's, a couple – That's sizable. There. Oh, there's a couple. Like I said, I've got I, I've got Van Ness like at 41, and Dane's got him at 10. I mean, I was just going through and seeing, okay, how how different am I with Dane? And there's not. I mean, there's like he's really how different. Split, how split? How split are y'all on John Michael Schmitz? Because I know you like him, and Dane has him a little lower than most. I think. Yeah, let me see where I got John Michael. I think Dane had him in the 50s. Yeah, I've got him at okay. I've got him at 51. Dane has him at 59. Oh, okay. Yeah. So here, oh, oh, well, here's a big one. Here's a big one. Keon White. Keon White from Georgia Tech. Oh, yeah. I've got him at 65. Dane has him at 48. So, yeah. you know, there, there's that's a pretty that's a pretty big significant thing right there when you start to talk about, you know, of guys. And let me give you one more. Tyreek Stevenson, corner from Miami. I've got him at 84. Dane has him at 69. So I mean that's a pretty significant that's a pretty significant split right there. The one the one the biggest one that he has he absolutely doesn't want anything to do with Eli Ricks from Alabama, and I I personally like I said where where was it that he had? I'm forgetting forgetting ability just very briefly. There are a lot of off the field questions for Eli Ricks for teams. Oh I know, and that's and that's the thing about it is I'm going to be. I'm going to be way, way wrong about him where he gets drafted, but I think the guy's a hell of a football. I'll give you a guy that, that Dane's a lot higher on than me when you're talking about corners is Cameron Mitchell from Northwestern. He's got him at 85 on his board. I have him at 135. Oh, that's a gap. That's a gap that's right a, there. A huge gap. Huge gap right there. So, All right. Uh, uh, two more quick questions here we'll try and fit in. Uh, this one from – sorry. Uh, I'm just going on about No, no, no. Guy. You're good. You're good. This is, we're, we're good. Uh First question here from Mario. Which prospect at 26 would make you say, whoa, didn't see that one coming? Obviously within reason. And then which one would you say, okay, that one was kind of telegraphed? For me, the telegraphed one would be Michael Mayer. Uh, for the one I didn't see coming, um, a guy that could maybe be in their range who I think would be a good player and make sense there. I just haven't heard any chatter about him. But a, a Brian Branch would make me go, wow, I didn't see that coming. 
Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna throw it's funny you you mentioned branch, but you know, would the Cowboys actually do something like that? I I kind of feel like you're right about I think you're right about the tight end. I, I think you're absolutely right about that. I'm trying to I'm kind of looking and seeing one that I didn't see. Didn't see. I okay, how about this one? What if they pick Jalen Hyatt at 26? You know, That's something like fine. that. That'd be pretty yeah. surprising. Because people have talked about, I mean, I, I, I kind of feel like though, do they do would they have Jalen Hyatt? Oh, maybe they have their board, Smith and Jigba, Hyatt, you know, and then the other receivers that we've been talking about, Quentin Johnston and and stuff like that. He, you know, he might that one would be one of those ones that I'd like. I would be I would be surprised, but he's kind of in that range where I think that they would uh, maybe consider picking him. And then uh, last question here, and we'll do this again one more time uh, on Wednesday. Uh, we'll record, so we'll have one for you on draft day. <laughs> but we'll ask the question now. We'll see if it changes uh, come Wednesday when we record. Uh, our buddy Chase, our Oxnard buddy, is asking the pick yeah. is – who's your projection right now? Oh, damn! Why? Uh, I'm going to say that mayor. I'm going to say that mayor is going to go. I'm going to say that mayor is going to go, and I'm going to say that they're going to pick. I want to pick. I want to pick our guy from Utah. I really do want to pick Kincaid there, because I. Okay, let me ask you this real quick, by real quick, real quick, real quick. Mm-hmm. You think yeah. Bijan Robinson's gone? Yes. Okay, if Bijan Robinson, I think if Bijan Robinson's on the board, they take him at twenty six. Yes. If he's not yes. there, I think Mayor's gone. I think Dalton Kincaid will be the pick at twenty six if he's there. And I will also go a tight end as of today. May change by Wednesday when we record next, but I'm going to say Mayor. I, I think right now Mayor is the one that seems to be the the most buzzy name that they have. But look, this is also I, I think that this is a, an instance where there are. A couple different names that could go there at 26 and be in play. You just don't know how the board's going to fall, and and we don't have a clear idea yet on maybe how the Cowboys feel about some certain guys. Um, but you know, other names to consider there as of right now. Yeah. yeah. Will McDonald, Steve Avila. That's what I was going to ask you. I was going to ask you where if it came down to Kincaid or McDonald, who do you think they would take? Kincaid, probably. Yeah. Okay. All right. Just because I mean it's I, I mean I think they they may like McDonald more I don't know but but I think yeah. that they would look at it as we got to get some help on this side of the ball. Yep, I agree. And so, all right, that does it for us. We will talk to you guys again on Thursday uh, when it will officially be draft day. It, it is Christmas time. We're all excited. Uh, until next time, we'll talk to you guys later.